0: communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder.
1: Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. I love it when I meet someone for the first time And within three minutes, there's already this synergy, this energy. I already know that I am going to absolutely love today's conversation with Marissa Shadrick, and hopefully I said that correctly. And originally we were going to talk about how to transform ordinary writing into magnetic writing, but her and I got talking beforehand, so we're going to switch it up. So I'm not going to tell you what today's episode is going to be about, it'll be a surprise. When Marissa started writing, the process felt really unnatural. And I think a lot of us have that. Um, She never made it past remedial English throughout her early academic years, and she was afraid people would see her as a fraud. Her first step was enrolling in a local community college she took every English class offered, including Shakespeare and creative writing. She later attended writers' conferences and continued to tap on her keyboard. Her articles appeared in Charles Stanley, in Touch magazine, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Gospel Publishing House, Faith and Fitness magazine, newspapers, and various offline and online publications. But that's not all. In 2015, she was among thirty thousand contestants from 126 countries, competing in the most prestigious international speech competition. She was scared to death and she had to overcome her fear of public speaking. But as a result, she became first place champion in Toastmasters District 33, and that's a huge area, which positioned her as one of the world's top 100 speakers. So welcome to the show, Marissa. I'm so excited for today's conversation.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Kim. I am thrilled to be here. I think we have a kindred spirit because we immediately Mm -hmm. connected and it just is wonderful. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to speak to all the authors. I think what you're doing is fabulous. So uh, we'll need to talk later too because I need to get my book done. I've written articles, but not a book yet. But in any event, (laughs) thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, we'll definitely have that conversation. But (laughs) what I want to do first is I want you to introduce yourself to our audience. This is your first time on the show. So why don't you take a few minutes and share a little bit more about your story. And I always love to hear maybe some of the struggles because, you know, people will look at someone like you and say, wow, look at all that stuff she's done. But most people don't realize the years of struggle behind getting to that point. Yeah. So I would love to just have you share for a few minutes.
2: Absolutely. i um- my background, once I got married, and I had kids, I was so content and I really didn't need to start a business nor did I even think of starting a business, but I loved communication, but I was afraid of public speaking. I was in ministry for over 30 years. And one of the things I loved is seeing transformation in people's lives. I went on missions trips. And so when I would come back, I would write about all the things that transpired when we'd go on mission trips. And so writing was something that was kind of weaved in to the things that I did in ministry, but I never really considered it as writing. And then I started thinking about it and wondering, I want to expand on this. I want to be able to write articles that inspire people. And so that was- an extension of my ministry, right? And so I actually started doing that, but I didn't want anybody to read my writing. And my husband would laugh at me and say, Marissa, you want to be a writer, you don't want anyone to read your writing. I said, because some of it, I'm I'm really writing from my heart. And what if they don't like it, and I'm going to end up going home, and I'm going to start crying. And he says, you know, I realized I was looking internally so much, it really was a pride issue. I was so focused on me. And when I realized that I thought, oh, yuck, this is horrible, right?'" And so I started thinking, I need to do the things that I feel compelled, called, whatever way you want to look at it. I need to move forward and just do it. And so I said, if I'm going to do it, I better do it right. And so that's why I went to a local college to take all these classes and realized from the instructor, she said, you know, you could be published. And I went, what? And she goes, seriously, you have humor and everything. You could be published. You could be published in a local paper. You could be published articles. You could even write a book. And that sort of started the journey for me. And uh, my, my family was so supportive. They got me a journal. They got me a pen. They got me chicken soup for the writer's soul, which kind of prompted me to write something for chicken soup. And so they were all cheering me on. And my kids were in high school at the time. And so I took on this journey. I thought, I'm going to see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I was still in ministry, and I ended up writing articles that got published. And then I thought, you know, the other form of communication beyond writing is speaking, but I was deathly afraid of public speaking. (laughs) So I thought, okay, I've gone through this road. I've done the writing part. I started publishing. And and the interesting thing is one of the articles that I published in um, Charles Stanley's magazine, that was really hard to get into. In fact, a certain point, they stopped taking freelance writers and only used internal writers. And I had that connection through a writer's conference But they contacted me after the article was done and they paid me and everything. And they said, readers want to connect with you. That article resonated with them so much. They want to just reach out to you and email you. Can we give them your email? And I said, of course. And I had people emailing me. And again, I realized the impact that you can have. And so with public speaking, I said, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I said, come on, Marissa, put your big girl pants on and start figuring it out. And so Toastmasters, of course, was some thing that I had not joined and I heard it was about public speaking. So I joined that. And you're not gonna believe it, Kim. The first thing that you need to talk about in Toastmasters is just your, you know, your story. Icebreaker. That's it. The icebreaker story. And I wait I six months. I had not done it yet. And they said, you need to start and do it. Just talk about yourself. And I got up there and I started talking and this, the evaluator, you know what that is. Somebody is taking notes to help you improve on your talks. She's sitting there and I could see her taking notes. And I said, I stopped. I said, you're making me so nervous. You're right there, right under my nose and I can see you taking notes and it's it's making me uncomfortable. And I went and sat down. And I said, no, I'm not ready for this. And I that's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. And then I've been in it for years now, you know, taking baby steps. And they said, you need to compete. And I said, no, I'm not competing. So I competed in a humorous speech. And I don't know, I, I came out like, so Second or third or something like that, and they give you little trophies and stuff. And I go, that was nice. And says, you need to compete in the international. And I said, no, I don't think I'm ready for that. And so they bugged me so much. I finally said, okay, fine, I will compete. And as soon as I lose, then you guys will leave me alone, and I won't have to do it anymore. Well, I started winning, and then you have to really polish your talk. And so I literally, I mean, I I had to then realize there needs to be a lot of the renewing of the mind. There needed to be a lot of things that I had to just take captive that I was thinking because my emotions were trying to get crazy. And it was the journey of really breaking free and finding freedom. And that I think has served me now in business. So, you know, as we talk about marketing, I just want to encourage your listeners to really protect the confidence. And I will can talk a little bit more about that toward the end, but it's really important because at the heart Work is an extension of who you are. It's an expression of who you are. And so you have to get you right first. And people are going to buy into you before they buy into all the information, all the stuff that you have to offer, especially today. I think with COVID and all the things that have happened and all the automation that we've had, I think people are longing and yearning for connection and that person-person interaction, relationships. And I've been focused more as we talk about marketing, just the relationship part. And it makes a difference because people are tired of just, we got information like crazy
1: yeah
2: on the internet mr google gives us everything we want but we want more and i'm glad that it's coming back to that that personal touch that interaction because we lost something in all the automation all the separation and everything else and it's coming back to that so as you write your books and you begin to you know communicate a message and create transformation it gives you an opportunity to connect to have that relationship building, you know, you you just have to exercise that muscle. And then not only with the consumers, but also with peers and with other businesses. And so that is really helpful as well.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna stop you there for a sec, because, you know what, you just unpacked so much, just even within your story. And I, I just want to encourage the listeners, you know, if you're in your business, and you think, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I can't, You know, those are words that you have to delete from your vocabulary if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Now, does that mean that you know everything? Nope. None of us did. We learned as we went along. And I think that's the crucial thing. And what I loved about what you talked about, Marissa, was the fact that you didn't stop your lack of education from letting you move forward. And as you moved forward, all of a sudden, these latent talent, skills, and abilities that had just been lying there dormant, all of a sudden came to life. So don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid to take a course. Don't be afraid. Go to Toastmasters if you want to learn how to public speak. I joined Toastmasters not because I was afraid of public speaking, but I knew in my business that speaking was going to be a key part of me being able to build my business. So when my best friend who also worked with me in my business said, Hey, can you come to Toastmasters? We need I need to bring a guest tonight. And I went the first time and I fell in love with it. And I stayed in there for five years. I competed in competitions, won awards, you know, got a lot of evaluation. Whenever I used to have to, you know, work, do workshops and different things. I would take parts of it and say it at Toastmasters and get that feedback. So I loved what you said there, Marissa. So we're going to switch gears here because I know you've got a lot to share on marketing and confidence today. So I'm going to let you loose and then I'll probably ask you a few questions at the end.
2: Absolutely. That sounds great. And I just uh, want you to know, as we talk about marketing, you're going to hear a lot of things from a lot of different experts. Just know that ultimately, especially if you've come from a corporate background, that you need to think as an entrepreneur, not an employee. You need to think for yourself what's going to work best and resonate for your business. So I'm going to give you some suggestions as a copywriter. These are some of the things that are important for direct response copy, but it also helps. It's basic things that you need to not forget and implement. So people are often wondering, well, what's happening with the market today? You know, they hear about recession and they hear about all these things that are going on. And is the market changing? And I'll just say, yes, it is. The market is changing. That's why really estate agents will say it's a buyer's market or it's a seller's market because the market changes. And so our responsibility is to have our finger on the pulse of our market and figure out where are they? What's happening? Because the way we market today may not be the same way we marketed two years ago or a year ago or even six months ago. And so it's really important. There's something that you can Google very easily and it's Maslow's hierarchy model. And that is just the the growth needs. There's five levels of growth. And it starts very basic with the basic needs like food and shelter and water and sleep. And then it progresses to security where someone would need employment or maybe health insurance. And then it progresses on to love and relationships, right? Those are all important. And then esteem, where we want to accomplish something in our lives. And then ultimately, that self-actualization, where you really want to find that fulfilling work, you want to leave a legacy, you want to leave more. And I think at a time before the pandemic hit there was a lot of people that were starting to do things online they were really looking to leave a, a legacy they were trying to pursue their purpose and then everything kind of stopped and if you're yes. marketing to those people at that level the same way during that time when everybody was back to the basic needs of health and security and home you're gonna miss the mark and so that's a perfect yes. example on how to do that because you need to see where are they right now another that a famous copywriter has shared in books, because you, you find that nothing is new under the sun, right? But I'm going to give you the short path to it. it, is the five stages of awareness. And that's by Eugene Schwartz through his book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And so He explains simply that you need to know, understand the stage of awareness of your perfect ideal client, the person you want to work with. So if you have a book and you're trying from the book to sell something, and really business is just two things. It's prospecting and selling. Your book is a tool, as I heard Kim say, a book is a tool, but it's it's your prospecting method, right? So there's prospecting and selling. That's why people have lead magnets and all that. It's, it's part of the prospecting. That's why people go on social media. It's part of prospecting, but you have to find the best prospecting path for yourself and then figure out how you're going to bring them into your world into your ecosystem, and then naturally organically sell to them if it's a good fit. So Eugene Schwartz simply say, are they unaware? So this would be, and I'll give an example because this actually happened to me. Let's just say uh, neck pain. Unaware would be somebody doesn't have neck pain. So they're unaware, they don't need a product, they don't have neck pain. The next one is problem aware, pain aware. Now, maybe they have some neck pain, but it it's not really that bad, it's not really a priority, it's not really bothering that much, it's kind of like, eh, I need to just stretch a little bit. Okay, that's problem aware. Now, the next stage is solution aware. And see, you need to know this when you communicate your prospects. If they're solution aware, that means they they have a pain, they have neck pain, and they're not sure, how am I going to fix this? Do I need a massage? Do I need a chiropractor? Do I need Tylenol? Or what is it that I need to get rid of this, right? They know they have a problem, but they don't know exactly what solution is best. And then product aware is when they realize they know what they want, but they're not sure where to get it or who to buy from. And then finally, most aware is when they're ready to buy. And then they're just comparing. They're looking at features, looking at if there's any coupons. They're looking at pricing and those kind of things. For me, that actually happened. I had neck pain. And I realized what the problem was is I had bifocals. And every time I did this on the computer... It was causing my neck to hurt. It wasn't that I needed a chiropractor. I didn't need, you know, other things, take Tylenol. I needed contacts so that I could see my computer screen. And so we have to figure out does our audience? How aware are they about what I want to share with them? And that's going to really help. And the only way we could do that is really through research. And research, there's different ways to go about it, but you have to be very intentional about having lots of conversations and asking lots of questions. That's why there's such a thing as quizzes and things like that, that people, I'm not talking about long ones. I'm talking like a one question thing. Like, for example, you do maybe a free coaching call and then you just ask them, can you fill out this one sentence survey and give me some feedback how helpful this was. You want to hear their language. You want to hear what words they're using and what they're saying, because that could potentially be fantastic copy for whatever you're trying to promote. So that first point is that the market, yes, changes, but we need to have our finger on the pulse and we need to figure out how to research and how to figure out what our market is saying. What are they feeling? What are they doing? So we can align ourselves correctly with them. And we don't, it doesn't sound disjointed or spammy or salesy or anything else. We want to be able to show them that we see them, we hear them, we know exactly what it is that they're looking for does that make sense kim
1: yeah I, i'm going to stop you there because you probably realize the gold that you just gave the audience but they may not realize it so i want to stop there and let's let's focus on this for a second when you can speak the language of your potential clients when you can tell them their problem better than they can describe it see i think we've You know as entrepreneurs we're thinking okay we've got to be solution based we've got to be solution based and yes obviously you have to have a solution to their problem but many times people want to be made to feel like they're understood so for me the first stage is telling them their problem in such a way that they go she understands me or he understands me depending on who's listening and then when you can show that you can solve it that's like a complete compelling package that makes people go stand up and go, you're the one. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: No, I think you're spot on. I think that's exactly what we're trying to do. And you'd be surprised. it Conceptually, it sounds easy. But when you read, and I do, a, I read a lot of copy, I, I critique copy. I don't know if you know Ray Edwards, I was certified through him and I still work with him. I have retainer clients through him, do a lot of copy, but in the messaging, you're not sure who is this for? What is exactly the transformation? You're. It's just not clear. And I think that's not because they don't know how to, it's just, we're too close to our own stuff and it's so hard to see it for ourselves. That's why we yeah. always need a second pair of eyes, second pair of eyes, because we just don't see it for ourselves. We're so immersed in the and doing one of many different things, right? So it makes it difficult.
1: You know, you're saying that even in producing a book, we have a proofreading team at RTI Publishing. Those proofreaders never see the book before they proofread it. And there's a very specific reason for it. Like you kind of said, sometimes you get too close to it And, you know, when you've worked on a book for a long time, you no longer see the mistakes. You could read the same thing six times and not see the mistake in the sentence because you've read it so many times your brain is used to it. Your brain knows what it's expecting to see. And so that's what it sees. And I think that's really important what you said, too, and about copywriting. And I think that's why sometimes it's it's important. And I understand, you know, you may be in a stage in your entrepreneurship where you really can't afford copywriting. And I get it. But, you know, if you're in that stage where you have some disposable money, you know, you want to look at getting someone like a good copywriter. And what I've learned, especially in the writing industry, is finding that right copywriter for you. Because not everyone's going to get who you are and what you do. So. You want to make sure that you don't just go with anybody, that you find that Mm -hmm. right person that really gets who you are and the problems that you solve so that they can write effectively about it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Marissa?
2: No, that's absolutely true. And some copywriters specialize in certain niches or certain industries Mm -hmm for that very reason, because then they understand it. I'll tell you a little secret. The biggest part of doing done for you copy, when uh, I have copy clients is the research, doing the research and really asking a lot of questions of the client of the product. And if there are bonuses, and what does this do for them? But there's a lot of research. Once you do all the research, then the writing gets easier. But really, it is research. That's why that first point is so important to have your finger on the pulse of the market, for sure. All
1: right, I'm gonna let you go. But I I just wanted to stop you there, because I thought, you know, what you had said was just so impactful. And sometimes when you're listening to a podcast, you couldn't miss it. It's kind of like the forest for the trees you are listening through. So
2: yeah, for sure. Because and it's just because I see it a lot that I want to point it out. Because again, conceptually, it sounds simple, but doing it is another thing. The other thing I want to share when we're talking about marketing or we're talking about people that are trying to grow their business, there's a common mistake and I've seen it more now than ever before. I think with the with all of the reels and all the things that have come on and videos and it's just there's such a demand. Look at podcasts now. They're not just audio. They're audio and video, right? It's just been expansion of stuff that a lot of people begin to focus on the wrong things. And I simply put it in like in three categories. You got your list building activity. You want to grow your network. You want to grow your database because there's something called the the law of recency. Those people that sign up with you are more responsive, more receptive to the emails that you send out to them so you always want to be growing your email list right but a lot of times you have the list building you have the income producing then you have what i call admin that everything else goes in there including your education right they focus on the wrong things and they work hard and they work hard and they work hard and there's almost like a false security that working hard will inevitably lead them to success it's part of the work ethic and the reason i bring it up is because that happened to me i thought that unless i sweat blood I didn't deserve the revenue. And I I felt like I had to just work hard at everything. There was a little bit of perfectionism going in there, but I was working on the wrong things. And it creates this false security. If I just work hard, it will happen. And success is inevitable. And that's not necessarily true. And one of the things I realized for myself, I journal a lot, but when I, when I was journaling one day, I realized working hard doesn't necessarily guarantee debt-free living. Working hard yeah. doesn't necessarily send your kids to college. Working hard doesn't mean that you can retire early and have a wonderful uh, financial security as you age. Working hard does not mean that uh, you're gonna have healthy relationships. I mean, working hard does not mean those outcomes that sometimes we connect with working hard. And so I started realizing that I need to be very strategic in how I grow my business. And I know there's a lot of, of pressure to do a lot of everything. Like social media, I'm everywhere, right? That's what people say. And I have heard people say to me, Marissa, I don't understand why I couldn't even sell one unit of my product when I was everywhere on social media. And social media has gotten more expensive for ads. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying, let it be one of many, but be strategic. And I am just a big fan of focusing on one platform and then you can repurpose the content on others you could schedule it out but focus on one where you're going to engage where you're going to build relationships when you're going to ask those questions and inquire and get on on one-on-one maybe audit calls find one to do it and don't feel like you have to be everywhere because I think I'm finding more and more people that are exhausted and the very thing they want that work-life balance they're not getting that. And so that is kind of a slippery slope. So we don't want to, you know, be victim of that false security, believing that success is inevitable. We have to be very, very strategic. And and business, like I said, it's, it's really two things. It's prospecting and selling. What's the best way that we can prospect? So there's three things I want you to keep in mind. Focus on your value proposition, your one audience, your one transformation, your one product, your one strategy, you know, your one way of prospecting the primary media channel that you want to be on, get that dialed in to where it's actually showing an ROI of some sort. Either you're getting people to join your email list, or you're getting those calls scheduled, or you're selling things Just work on the power of one and really simplify. That's actually the third one, simplify. But power of one is important to focus and it helps you say no to the other things. And do that for at least three months. Give it a chance to work, right? Focus on that. And then when it comes to the copywriting, I'll just say this if you don't know anything about copywriting, and there's so many books, there's so much out there, just tell good stories because stories have a way of evoking all those emotions. That's what helped me in the speech competition, storytelling. And so if you can just tell a good story, you've probably got most of the copywriting skills you're going to need right there, because you're going to connect emotionally with your audience. Mm -hmm. Don't, I mean, there's a lot of things out there right now, AI tools and stuff, but they can't tell stories. They can't be personal. They can't show your personality, you know, and all with all your quirks and everything that people love, right? It can't do that. So focus the power of one, focus on the power of storytelling. And the last one is the power of simplicity. Don't let all of the internal systems and the funnels and the ads and all this stuff just uh, consume your day because there's something that I call the reality of execution. What happens is once you start on those projects, it expands. And the reality of executing it becomes so overwhelming. You get discouraged, you get tired, you neglect your health, you neglect your family. There's a lot of things that happen with that. And then you feel like a big fat failure, right? When you're not, we're just pressured to do more, do more, show up, do more, you know, do all these things. And you hear that show up more, show up more, post more, do more, do more. And I'm finding that people are just exhausted. Be strategic. Be strategic in the way that you market. The last thing is confidence. I want you to protect your confidence. It's really, really important. And alongside with simplicity, people feel that it's all about building, 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 building. I'm going to tell you to consider tearing down, tearing down the things that will not serve you well, like self reliance, pride, entitlement, frustration, anger, insecurities, tear down and leave space for the things that matter the most.
1: Wow. Oh, there's so much we can unpack in what you've just said, but we are pretty well out of time. So listeners, you're going to have to chew on that piece of meat that she just gave you there and how that you're going to apply it to your own business. Marissa, if people have been listening here and they're like, I need to connect with Marissa. How can they connect with you?
2: I have a free resource that touches on a lot of the things I just talked about. So if they're interested in it, I can give you a link, Kim, and they can download it. It's a wonderful resource that has companion video trainings to it. And it's completely free. It's how to secure more clients and turn your knowledge into online revenue. And you can have that totally for free. So that would be at marissashadrick.com forward slash workbook. And I can uh, send you a link to that, Kim.
1: So you talk about simplifying things. Here's how I've simplified part of my podcasting process: is I take notes now while we do the show, so that later on oh, when I go good. to the show notes, I'm not having to listen to the whole episode again. So if you if you notice you me go. looking down every once in a while, it's because I'm writing. Yeah, <laughs> and I got about yeah. ah, three pages of notes with just what you said.
2: Good. Well, that's great. That'll <laughs> save you time. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So yes, and, and, thank you and, so much. And, I hope this resonated
1: most definitely most definitely so marissa thank you for being on the show this has been kim thompson pinder and marissa shadrick on the author to authority podcast you know what if you've enjoyed this episode can you share it out i won't go on too long because i ask you on a regular basis but if you've enjoyed it and you know someone who can benefit from it be a blessing to them and share it out thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode bye now
0: You've, You've been, been listening, listening to the Author to the Author Authority, Authority Podcast. The Extraordinary, Extraordinary Word Ninja, Ninja, Kim Thompson, Thompson Pinder. Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.